And I called his name and he said, if you, and he wasn't going to help me. It was like, he was like, I knew he was there, but, um, the voice that I heard said, if you want to live with the dead, then you get death. Good day, everyone. Welcome to the show. On behalf of Disciple of City, I'm Todd Carlton, and this is the Toddcast. As you know, we talk to people from all walks of life and hear their stories of encountering Jesus outside of religion. And my guest today is an entrepreneur who grew up in the Satanic Church, and four years ago, she had an encounter with Jesus and now is on a completely different journey. Let's hear her story. Please welcome Christine. Hey, Christine. How are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm good. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Thanks for coming. Appreciate it. Yeah. So that's quite, uh, that's quite something. We've never had someone on the show with this kind of a story, so I'm really stoked to hear all about it. Awesome. Um, sure. So let's just start from the beginning. Can you just tell us sure. how you grew up, where you, what area you grew up in? Sure. Uh, I grew up in, I was born in Scarborough and I grew up in um, Ajax, actually. We moved there um, shortly after, uh, maybe I was maybe one or two when we moved there. And I lived with my grandparents and my father after my parents got divorced. And, um, you know, I had a pretty... <laughs> normal upbringing in terms of, you know, my childhood, other than the fact that my father was a involved in Satanism pretty heavily. Um, so, uh, it made things, <laughs> it was very abusive at times. Uh, it just made, I thought it was normal going to school. Um, but it made things hard, uh, in terms of my social life. You know, it was, it was, I always felt different. Um, growing up because of that. Like I always knew that something was different, but I didn't really know exactly what religion wasn't something that, you know, we were taught about, like we were, we weren't taught about God. We weren't really, we never went to church obviously. Um, but there's a, there's a satanic church, like actual, like, would you attend a church? The church was done in people's houses. The, the church was, would be at different, uh, um, locations. It wouldn't be like a set, it wasn't a set building or anything like that. Um, my father did a lot of, um, a lot of practices in the house, um, or outside, um, things like that. And so you said your parents got divorced. How, how old were you? Um, I was really young. I think it was about eight or nine when they got divorced. And my mom, um, I think that, like I was saying, when, when you're involved in that kind of uh, lifestyle, it's very abusive. And um, drinking and drugs and things like that are very prevalent. And, um, you know, it just got really bad for her. And his drinking was really bad. That's a big part of uh, that was for, my, for me anyways, my experience. Um, so she left when I was about nine and I ended up staying with my dad. So did you still see your mom? Did you? Um, I saw her on the weekends, but she had my, my sisters, my younger sisters. So the way that I grew up was very different than how they grew up because I was with him. So was your mom involved in that as well or my to a degree? No, not, not like that. Uh, my mom's side of the family, uh, especially the women in the family going back generations were, um, palm readers and, and mediums and things of that nature. Um, so thankfully my mom, uh, has come to Christ now. Amen. Yeah. It's awesome. <laughs> Actually, it's good to have that support. Um, and a couple of my aunts have as well. So, um, yeah, but her side of the family, it was more like, you know, 
witchy kind of stuff, occultish kind of um, beliefs and and stuff like that. So, so both your mom's side and your dad's side, uh, obviously aunts and stuff like that, yeah. were, were all sort of in some way involved in that kind of thing. So you didn't yeah. really have anybody no. in your family that no. was no. My grandmother, like my dad's mom, oddly enough, I mean she was more, um, you know sometimes she would talk about God or I, I believe she, I think she had a Bible if I can remember back. Um, I believe she had one, but other than that, like there was no, we might've gone to church with the school or something, you know, on Christmas or something like that. But I had no idea um, about Jesus or really any, you know, of course you know who Jesus is. We hear about it, whatever, but I didn't know what that meant. I didn't, I had never read the Bible before. I didn't really, um, know anything about God or who God was other than what my experience, which was, you know, God, God is bad. <laughs> you know, that's what we were taught. That's right? what you were taught. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's what my dad. Yeah. So it was, uh, quite different than, than my sister's experiences as well. It was not very, well, it was normal for me though. Yeah. So, yeah. So you wouldn't know, right. No. You wouldn't know any different. No. So you, you said your dad did some r- rituals or whatever in the house. Would you, could you, talk about something like that would you be comfortable sharing yeah, something sure. or giving an example so there are satanic holidays um obviously there are different um cycles of the moon and things of that nature that um you go by for different things so it would be like like animal sacrifices and and um uh things like that so that i would witness and see like he would yeah in the garage like the chickens and stuff like that yeah yeah so how how prevalent in the sense of numbers of people and not exact numbers but uh, i just mean i think for most people like i would never be aware i mean you knew of it but say satanic churches and stuff to me were always things of like movies and tv and stuff or so how I don't know if popular is the right word, but is it a big community? Absolutely. Yeah, it is. And it's not just people you like, it's not people that you would think, you know, you might see somebody dressed in Gothic clothing or something and assume, you know, that it's not people that look like that. It's just norm, like doctors, um, you know, lawyers, housewives. It's, it's very, very prevalent and you just would never know unless yeah, you were I, involved in it. I always wore black. Yeah. And still do in black <laughs> <Right>. boots. <laughs> right. So, yeah. and I'm not. No, of course not. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Wow. So that's so really, and would there be, I, I guess it's equivalent to like house churches now, right? So there'd be multiple yeah. different things yeah, going on. Would they be things. all connected? A lot of connected? stuff was done outside too, like outdoors in the woods, things like that. Huh. So yeah, just normal people. Yeah. Yeah. And kid, like normal kids. Like, you know, I remember being brought over to houses where there was kids there playing at houses with his friends and, and, um, we didn't really know what was going on. I mean, it was just kind of normal. So kids would just play and the parents would do whatever. Mm -hmm. Would these, would these multiple groups, would they be connected in a bigger, in a bigger way? Would they be aware? Like leaders would be like, I I remember going back and forth to Toronto, you know, as I got older and into my own, um, into my own church, into the own following of the people that I, that I dealt with as I got older. Um, the leaders are in Toronto mostly, but now it's different. They're everywhere. Yeah. So there'd be, there'd be groups in Oshawa and different Southern Ontario. Yeah. Oshawa for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I meant that's where, yeah, there's a lot going on there. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Without saying too much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay. So as you grew, Mm -hmm. so when you became a teenager, Mm -hmm. 
did you, when did you start sort of understanding kind of the deeper depths of what was going on? Well, because, you know, I was around kids like that, you know, in my, my school, like the, I I had a couple, two friends at school that I would hang out with that their parents were also involved in that as well. Um, so as I grew up, those were the people that I was drawn to. I just met those people, you know, the types of people that were in the occult, um, you know, that's, those were my friends. Um, one of my good friends was actually one of the priests. He was young and his dad was a priest and he was in training to, to do that. Um, so we would hang out and, and from, from, from my earliest experiences with, with Satanism, it was more like you are chosen, you know, there's certain gifts that you have. So as I grew, I think maybe I noticed it about 14 or 15, um, Mine was being able, like being a medium. So being able to speak to the dead and to relay messages and things like that. So as I grew, my beliefs turned less, you know, satanic where I was worshiping the devil, you know, um, more to like the occult side where people think it's more, it's safer. That's, that's the that's the view, you know, it's safer. It's not as dark. It's not as you're helping, you know, it's a, you've heard the term like a white witch kind of thing. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, um, that's kind of where I moved towards that because Satanism felt very dark and very abusive and, and scary. And like, I was always afraid to go to bed at night. I had, I was, it was very, very abusive and traumatic as a child to be afraid all the time and not really understand why. And as I got older, I sort of started to understand why I was afraid. It's because there was demons around all the time. You know what I mean? Like I would see things like that in the house and stuff like that. So as I grew, um, my, my practice turned less dark and into more of what I thought was like, the lighter side of, of the occult. So, but it's still, it's all Satanism. Yeah. So (laughs) you grew up afraid going to bed. Oh, all the time. Terrified. Wow. Terrified. Yeah. Cause I mean, you would see things in the house when you're, when you're, when you ask something to come, they come, especially like, you know, that's, it's. So would you talk to your dad about that and say, Hey, I see these things or you wouldn't even. No, no. To, to try to get explanation or him to comfort your fear. I think I knew what they were. I, I instinctively kind of knew what it was, you know, if, if I don't, I didn't really understand why they were there, but that's, I, I kind of knew what it was something to be afraid of instinctively. So, so, so you were, you got into, you were, a, would you consider yourself a median? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like absolutely. At- I was, I started practicing when I was 15. Wow. And, um, I've done thousands of readings for people like from the time I'm, I'm third, I'll be 38 this year. So, um, yeah, it just turned into to more of a, an occult practice. You know, I didn't have a name for what I was because in my mind it wasn't, I wasn't worshiping the devil, you know, but so. So it's all the, what, what I guess now we call new age. It was new, stuff. very new age. Yeah. yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Medians, Reiki, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. All that kind of stuff. I still carried around. I mean, even when I was 15, I would, I had the satanic Bible in my purse. Like that was my, you know, go-to thing. <laughs> Right. So, um, even in my mind, when I thought it wasn't dark or, or satanic looking back now, of course it was right. It's interesting. Your go-to thing, Mm -hmm. which kept you in fear. Right. Yeah. That's twisted. eh? Yeah. It's weird. It's really bizarre. So, um, not to get into it too much, but as a media, like as a median, knowing what you know now, Mm -hmm you're not actually talking to somebody mm-hmm. who's passed because we no. know through the Bible that's not possible. So who, 
who who or what would you be talking to or getting uh, these things from? Just your, your spirit guide. I'm quoting, mm. right? So when you're born, um, a lot of uh, people in the occult believe that you have a spirit guide or somebody that walks you through your life. You know, not necessarily like an angel. I've I've never heard anybody call it like an angel, but like a spirit guide. Um, that's where my messages would come from. I can remember from the earliest, you know, three years old, I've had the same spirit guide with me. I know, I know what it looked like. It had a name that was my, you know, that told me everything. That's who I prayed to. Um, did that thing not give you comfort? It did give me comfort. Mm. Yeah. I felt very safe with it. I felt, um, you talk to it at night. I know it sounds silly, but you know, that's who you pray. Like how, how I would go to bed and pray to God. Now I would pray at night with this spirit guide. And at the same time, you'd still go to bed in fear. Yeah. Because I didn't understand why I was getting attacked all the time. It was, it was constant. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So what happened in your, in your later teens then? So like into, into yeah, adulthood. adulthood. Um, that carried on. Like I, I ended up, um, in my late 20s. Let me just say too, that when you, when you, when you're in the occult, when you grow up like that, when you have that attached to you, um, it's, you don't grow up easily. So, you know, it's, you're around drugs and alcohol. You're around, you know, things that you shouldn't be around, bad people, things that, you know, um, aren't good for your health, your mental health. So I struggled a lot growing up, um, in my early twenties with drug addiction, with alcoholism, with, um, you know, abusive relationships, because when I was young, that was normal. So you'd be um, drawn to it. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I ended up, um, taking Reiki courses to, to do it, to do Reiki. Um, I had my own business at home. I would do readings at my house. I would do readings for people. I would do them at parties. Um, you know, people were quite fascinated with it. I've, I don't think, um, you know, I've had one person say that anything I said was not real. You know what I mean? So it was kind of like a, a party trick to some people. So that would be, you know, I would do it all the time. I would just sit down with somebody and do a reading for them. And that carried on until, I guess four, four years ago, four or five years ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so did you, did you go to school like post-secondary school or did you work? Um, did you get into business? Like you're an entrepreneur, but was yeah. that, is that something more recent or that's did more, you, that's recent. Yeah. yeah. So what yeah. did you do throughout your twenties? I went to school. Um, I worked in, uh, you know, different jobs. Um, I was a dancer for a while, for a long time. Uh, maybe five years. Um, I ended up going to school. I came back to the town that I live in now. And um, then I had my kids. So I've been like at home with the kids and stuff like that until recently when I just opened my own business. So school, like post-secondary school, yeah. did you, you find more even people into the same thing in that? Yeah. Like most of my friends um, were in the occult or practicing witches or, or um, saintness and things like that. And I always have kept to myself anyways. I don't have a, a large friend group anyways. I've, I was always at school. I didn't really have a lot of friends. I, I just felt always different outcast, you know? So it's a, it's with such a big group. How do you find, how do you find p- people that like you start at a university or a college or something mm-hmm. like that? How do you find people like that are in the occult as well. Well, you can just find out through conversation what, you know, I mean, you don't, that's not a conversation opener, but after you get to know somebody, you know, and I find that people are drawn to each other in that, 
in that, um, you know, I don't want to call it a religion in that spiritual group. You yeah. know, people are, tend to be drawn to each other in that way. So, but I mostly kept to myself, like I, it was very quiet and weird. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And I just asked cause, um, you know, as we were talking in the green room, yeah. <laughs> um, that, uh, you know, in the subculture that I immerse myself with, yeah. I'm sure it was quite prevalent in there yeah. too. But I mean, I was so out of it. I, I don't know. I don't well, yeah, really I, recall. I, think I went to, you know, different bars and different places where I knew that, um, you know, that those people would be, I mean, that was, that was, I was one of those people. So, yeah. you know, different, like different places in town, um, you know, yeah. Heavy yeah. Metal bar. I think, well, I, yeah, I've probably been to places like that probably. in my past yeah. and, and maybe had conversations with people, yeah. but just thought, well, you guys are weird. And, yeah. and we just sort of did our own thing cause it was yeah. all about the party. Yeah. So, okay. So then you, you came back to the town. Yeah. You came back to, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so what happened, what started, something obviously started to make you question. Yeah. So can you lay that out? What well, started to make you question where your life was going and, and all this? Well, with me, like I was happy with what I was doing. I was, I was, um, like I had a business at home, like I was, I was doing readings for people. I was making good money doing that. Um, I had a, the, my Reiki studio in the house. I had a lot of money and actually, um, I was more successful at that than anything I've ever been financially. Um, I have a, uh, Growing up, I had a very close friend who was something of a teacher who was in the occult heavily. And um, I had taken a my last Reiki course to be able to practice it. And I posted online. I said, um, I'm teaching meditation classes. If anybody wants to, to do meditation classes and uh, manifestation of your spirit guide and, you know, how people do all of those meditations. I'm sure, I don't know if you've heard of it, but that's a big thing is, you know, finding your spirit guide and, and manifesting is a big thing right now, which is actually, um, it's funny because when I hear people say, you know, manifestation, it's a big, it's a big movement right now in, in the spiritual community where people think you can manifest your own uh, life, you know, you can make, make things happen by thinking about them and, and that kind of thing. Um, so that is uh, a danger in itself because in Satanism, the number one, um, not rule, the idea is that you are your own God and that's what you're doing when you're manifesting. If you're thinking, if you're looking to yourself to make things happen for you and you're not relying on God, that's Satanism. That's the number one thing with, with Satanism. That's the, that's the golden rule. You are your own God, right? And that's why Satan was cast out of heaven. If people look, if people had biblical knowledge and then, you know, they had both sides, they would really see that. Yeah. Anyway, so I was, um, I was uh, going to teach these classes and my friend uh, messaged me, my teacher, someone that I considered, I respected very much. And, you know, we had practiced things together as well, most of my young life. And he messaged me and said, you have absolutely no idea what you're doing. Don't like, you don't know what happens when you do this. And this is somebody that taught me this. So I was very offended. I said like, what are you talking about? And you know, how can you come at me like this? Like you taught me this. And he said, no, like he, and he shared an experience that happened while they were um, having a ceremony uh, where people actually got possessed and uh, almost died under his 
watch. And he said, um, your spirit guide is not your spirit guide. I see what they turn into. Like he said, just watch, stop what you're doing, cancel all this, and then just see what happens in your life. And, and you'll see that it will turn against you. So had he become a Christian or did he just see something that freaked him out? He had not become a Christian yet, but he definitely saw something that, that terrified him. I mean, he had seen more things in, in his life than, than anyone else that I know um, at that, up until that point. So it must have been really, really scary for what he saw manifest in front of him. Um, and it almost killed one of his friends. So um, when, that, when he told me that, I was really, really, really hurt because this was someone that I, you know, trusted and I was, and I just kind of fluffed it off and, you know, oh, whatever, you you know, I thought maybe he's going to, I don't, I was confused about what his, you know, uh, what his goal was with, with telling me that. Uh, So I ignored him (laughs) in true fashion. Usually what we do with sound advice, right? Right. right. So, um, so I carried on, I actually, I didn't do the class. I didn't do the class. Um, and I thought, but him putting that seed in my head, like something really bad can happen. I had, I had never really heard him talk like that before. And so it got me thinking like, what's going on here? You know, like I didn't really, I I wasn't questioning my, my faith in what I believed in at the time, but I was just, you know, planted a seed for sure. Um, so that was in, I think the spring of, What's four years ago? <laughs> 2000 and what are we? 22? I guess 18. 18. Yeah. Um, so I carried on that summer as I would be doing things, you know, whatever I did, you know, readings, um, um, practicing and stuff like that. Um, we had a, a co- we had a cottage in Hastings and I was up there one weekend and um, I was doing readings all weekend. We had a big party, uh, but the things that I was seeing and the things, the messages that I was getting were really, really negative. And, and mine, my messages weren't usually like that. When I would finish a reading with somebody, they would feel better about themselves. It was usually positive, which was confusing to me why my friend would say this is such a negative thing, because in my mind I was helping people. It wasn't bad. Um, but this particular weekend, um, it was bad. It was a lot of negative, like, you know, just negative messages about things that, people didn't want to hear about it. it was just not good so I went to bed that night and um I had my kids in the bed with me my husband was in the bed and I had had visions before or experiences with with um, seeing things seeing into the spirit world but this particular experience was different than anything that I had ever experienced um before and uh um so I was awake <laughs> but I couldn't move. My whole body was, was frozen. I couldn't move my arms. I couldn't, I couldn't talk. I couldn't say anything or, um, you know, I, I was trying desperately to get up, but I wasn't afraid. So this is where, this is the difference because I've been attacked spiritually before demonically where you can't move and you know immediately what's coming. Um, but this, I wasn't afraid. This what, what, do, what do you mean? What's coming? What does that mean? Well, like, you know, de- uh, demons will come into, into your house and you know attack you freeze you and and do awful things say awful things give you you know it's like it's like your worst nightmare but you're awake and you can't move so that's what I thought was happening at first but then I realized that I wasn't afraid it's like I wanted to I wanted to to see what was there 
You know what I mean? Um, anyways, it was Jesus. <laughs> but I didn't know. I knew instinctively that it was Jesus. This was at the cottage? This was at my cottage. Yeah. After I had just done a whole entire, um, you know, weekend of readings for people. So I'm, I'm in this kind of frozen state. Um, and he, keep in mind, I had never read the Bible before the Christian Bible. Yeah. So I knew nothing about revelation at all. I didn't know anything about that. Um, in the dream, I'm going to try to get through this without crying because it's emotional. Because it's beautiful. I'm not crying. It's not a sad cry, but it's just beautiful. Yeah. That's what he does. Yeah. It was really powerful. Um, so the dream started off where I, I say dream, but I was awake. I don't know. I don't know if you call that a vision. Um, and I was on the back of a black horse, like this big black horse and the horse is riding really hard, heavily. And I'm looking down and people are running away from this horse. They're running underneath me and they're running away from something and they're scared. And I'm looking down and I'm as I look back up, there's what I know now was an olive tree, but it didn't have any, any olives on it. It was just like a dead branchless olive tree. And I'm trying to pull the horse away from the tree, but the horse gets stuck in the tree. And as I look up, these locusts come out of the sky by the millions and they had teeth and they were coming down to descend on these people. And the only name, sorry, (laughs) powerful yeah the only name that i knew to call out was jesus wow Wow. (laughs) so i did and um when i did that i saw him it wasn't, he didn't look like what, you know, the depiction of Jesus on the cross, you know, like that, the long hair and the, you know, it didn't look like that. It was, it was a light, but I knew that light knew me more than any other spirit or um, entity or anything else that I had ever dealt with in my whole entire life. I felt like I was a piece of that light and I called his name and he said, if you, and he wasn't going to help me. It was like he was, like, he, I knew he was there, but um, the voice that I heard said, if you want to live with the dead, then you get death. And then I woke up. So that was the first experience that I had where I knew that that was God telling me to stop what I was doing, warning me of something coming. And um, I laid there. That must have freaked you out. I, I was terrified, but I, but because I didn't understand what, what was happening. So, you know, I kind of laid there after I was able to move and, um, my son got up out of the bed. He had to go to the bathroom. We had doors. We had a, uh, sliding barn door in the cottage and, um, he said, I have to go pee. <laughs> and he was like three. I said, okay, we'll go. You know, he's never been afraid to, I said, okay, go, you know, I'm laying there like what just happened. And he said, I can't, I'm afraid. And I said, what are you afraid of? And he said, I'm afraid of all the people. And I looked and I saw like, I I don't know how many were there, but they were just, it felt like every spirit or soul or anything that I had read for people before was like standing in that living room. And my child saw it as well. And, um, I said the protective prayers that I would normally say, you know, I didn't know any prayers at that time and nothing happened. They didn't leave. I shut the door and, um, waited a couple minutes and then I opened the door again and it was gone. 
And then I was like (laughs) terrified from that point on. Um, That was, I should preface this by saying in April, when my friend told me about that, you know, to stop doing this, there was this, we had just moved into a new house and there was this beautiful woman who lived across the street and uh, she said she was walking around the neighborhood. She said, Oh, you know, we talk and stop. I have, I had cute little boys, you know, they're playing outside. And she said, you you should bring them to church one day. This was in April. So it was just before Easter. And uh, I said, yeah, okay. I'll get right on that. (laughs) Right. No, really you should bring them and you know, they'll play and whatever. And so um, I actually had gone to a service there in April because this experience happened in June in June or July that summer. Um, And my first experience with church was like, what are these people on? (laughs) Like everybody was, you know, really happy. And, and uh, you know, it was, it was a a Pentecostal um, church. So people were kind of, you know, exuberant about their faith. Uh, It was a very strange experience, but um, anyway, so that had happened. The experience that I had with Jesus happened in the summer. And did you share it with your husband? Yes. Yeah, as soon as I woke up. What, and what was... He didn't really know what to say. I mean, saying that out loud sounds insane. Right? He didn't really know what to say. He said, you know, maybe it was a, just a dream. I said, no, it wasn't a dream. I know what I saw. I, 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 was, it, I, was awake. I was awake. I wasn't asleep. So just to correlate the journey you're on together, mm-hmm. he wasn't... He didn't grow up that way, but he, he wasn't... He, I think like they, I actually do think he's like, I think he went to Sunday school, but it was more of like a, something to do. I don't think that. Yeah. I mean, he didn't grow up in the satanic church. Oh no, no, he did not. No, no, no. He was, I think, you know, I think I'm not going to, I don't know for a fact. I think that, um, you know, his, I know that they went to church when they were younger and stuff. Right. So he had some kind of background, but he he wasn't. Yeah, exactly. You can, by the way, you can pull that cord. Okay. Yeah. There's all kinds of it. There we go. That's better. Okay. So yeah. then a neighbor, a neighbor invites you to church. You start, you go check that out right. as a family or just you we and the kids? As a family, actually. Yeah. yeah. And it was, it was, it was intense because I had never experienced that kind of energy before like that. So it was, you know, I thought it was weird to be honest. I didn't understand what they were doing. I didn't understand what they were talking about. I didn't really, um, know anything about the Bible. I didn't understand the concept of the Bible. I hadn't, I didn't understand who Jesus was other than, so when I had this experience, um, it's funny because a lot of people say, well, why, why didn't you just stop all of the occult stuff? Why didn't you just, you know, that was it for you. You know, when God tells you no, that's it. Right. But it's, it's not that easy, right? It's not that simple. So I, I started going to church a little bit more. Um, I stopped, reading for people. And, um, I stopped praying to what I was praying to. And that's when things went like Amityville in my house. Mm. Like it was insane. The attacks were every night. Um, my children were pulled out of bed. My husband was attacked. What what do you mean? Like physically? physically pulled out of the bed. So they must've been just freaked. Terrified. They still don't like, they still have trouble sleeping on their own. Wow. Um, my husband was choked. Like I was pushed down the bottom part of the stairs. Um, you know, it would, things would come into the room at night and I was just totally lost at what to do with this because I had never, like I have experienced evil before, but at an age where I didn't really understand what it was. 
I didn't understand why it was happening. And now I'm thinking, maybe my friend was right. <laughs> you know, why is this happening? I thought I was being punished for going to church. So I kind of took a step back from going to church. And then the attacks slowed down. And then I would go back to church and then they would come back. And I thought, okay, you know, I've never been good at math, but <laughs> I can put two and two together. You know, obviously it's it's happening. Um and so one night specifically, um, you know, as we talked about spirit guides, um, I came downstairs, the kids were out of bed. It was, it was two or three in the morning and the children were out of bed and they were sitting downstairs, um, with their, you know, I walked down the stairs, their backs are to me and this thing is standing in front of them and they looked like they were asleep, but they were sitting up. And, uh, it was, I, I, I'm not going to give it power by describing what it looked like, but it was absolutely horrifying. It was, I, I, I thought I was like, when these things were happening, I almost thought I was losing my mind because what am I seeing? Right? <laughs> like people don't, I've not, I'd never seen anything like that before. Um, and I recognized it at first because it first looked like my spirit guide and then it turned into this horrifying thing and I said let my kids go right now like I was so confused about what was happening I was pleading with it to, it was like they were in some type of hypnotic state um, and it said it let the kids up I remember my son started crying as soon as he kind of woke up and it said I will never ever ever leave you no matter what you do I'm never leaving like it was really really scary mm. really scary and it wasn't just me that was seeing it because my husband was seeing it too so it was it it I knew that 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 if I was going to continue to learn more about the Bible, if I was going to learn more about Jesus, I knew that this was going to continue to happen. You know, it was it wasn't just things like that. It was like, you know, our relationship issues, family issues started to happen. People got sick, you know, people it was it was really really hard. Um and I went to the church. I was, I was then going, I think most Sundays and I was trying to go to some, I would go to some meetings and, and I was trying to understand the Bible and learn how to use it, learn how to pray. Um, and I remember asking for help at the church, but like when I, when I tell people these things, especially, you know, in Canada where people don't really understand that this is real, um, they don't know how to respond to it or they're scared. And that's what happened in the church. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was told to ignore it and not to tell people about it. Um, I don't, they probably thought I was making it up because <laughs> it sounds so crazy. Well, you know what? I think a lot of people, I think people believe it, mm -hmm. but maybe like you say, cause don't know, they don't know how to deal with it right. or what to do. Right. And, and in our culture, I don't know if you would have watched these movies as a kid, but it's so Hollywood. Yeah. Yeah. It's so Hollywood. And so we have an element that we believe it's real, yeah. but it's real somewhere else, not mm -hmm. here. So how do you process it? Yeah, exactly. Wow. And so when I, when I did, you know, I was told it was really, it was, it was disheartening in the moment to be told that, um, it, that just to ignore it, especially when I didn't know what to do. Luckily I had, there were these two really, really amazing people that I had met, um, in that church and they came to my house to pray in the house. Um, I, I appreciate that. I always remember that. Um, but it did make things worse. It mm. really made it worse um, because I didn't have the power behind. I always describe it as like if you were pulled over by the by somebody, you know, if you're pulled over by the police, you're speeding and they say, give me your driver's license and your registration. 
and they're the police, you give it to them. But if somebody randomly pulls you over and says, give me your license and registration, you're going to say, no, roll your window up and drive away. Right. That's yeah. the power of Jesus. Yeah. Right. He, he's, the, he's the police officer. You don't have any, if you, if you don't have that, you don't have the authority. And at the time I, I just didn't have it. I did. I was so confused. And I'm also dealing with, you know, friends that are like, um, outcasting me and, you know, in that community, you can use spirits and demons and send them to people. And, um, so that's what I believe was happening. So you had not accepted Christ yet. No, I didn't. I, I don't think, um, I, cause I didn't know who he was. So I don't, I don't think I knew how at the time to do that. Right. Yeah. So, um, I continued to go to church and then I ended up, um, there was a sermon one time and, and, um, they were talking about acts and, I was interested in the story. Uh, you know, it sounded kind of cool and, and I didn't, but I just didn't understand how to read the Bible. I needed to go somewhere where, um, where I understood where to start and what was going on. Like who is, who is Jesus? You know, looking back, actually, um, I was telling Heather, like throughout my life, he was there all the time because that feeling and that what I saw in that day, um, in that vision, I had seen that before. One time I was, I was, um, being attacked, having a demonic attack. And, um, he spoke behind my ear and words came out of my mouth that I didn't understand, but they weren't my words. They were his words. And this, the attack stopped. So when I was getting attacked, I would have these dreams and God was, I believe, allowing these attacks to happen to teach me prayer because that's how I learned the Lord's prayer. Mm through that. And I would always get to the one point and then I would forget it. And then the attack would keep happening until I remembered it. And I think that was, um, God's way of maybe teaching me, I don't know, you know, how to, how to pray or how to, and, and often you just say Jesus and they go now. I mean, there's, I just say Jesus and they just flee. But, um, at the time, so I left the church and I, I went, I found a really small church that was doing Bible classes and they were starting actually in Genesis when I had just arrived, it was really strange because there were two different churches and I almost picked, you know, I was like, well, which one do I go to? Where do I pick? They were right across the street from each other. And, um, you know, God told me to, to pick the one that I did and they were literally starting in Genesis in their Bible study. So I was able to follow through that. I wrote everything down. I read the Bible at night. Like it was it, like, it was really, really, um, fascinating to me because there was this whole other, like, this whole other spiritual side that was good that had hope to it that had, you know, made sense out of life and where you're going and how to, you know, where your soul is from and who you are as a person, as opposed to just being, you know, left on your own to be your own God or to create your own things and to pray to these things. I don't know who they are. You know, it was, it was always very vague. Who, who are we praying to? You know, like, but, um, so once I started to find that out, um, you know, I was like immersed in the Bible. I would read it every day. Um, I think I've read revelation like eight times because of the vision that I had. I was, I felt like maybe that was where I was placed to read and to really study that and to understand what was going on. Um, so yeah, I ended up going, I, I went to Tyndale university too, and I took a hermeneutics course just to understand the concept of, you know, uh, Christianity and, and biblical, you know, theology and stuff like that. So was there a, was there a point? I mean, for some people, there's a very, very intense point. And in like for me mm -hmm. where I had an encounter and I accepted Christ 
right then and there? Was there a point like that? Or did it just, as you went to this church and went through the Bible study yeah. that he just became your savior? Yeah. Was it I more mean, like I that started, for you? I mean, I, I prayed only to God and to Jesus and I, and my, my uh, relationship with God changed. And it's bizarre because when I was young, like I always had, like I would pray to God, but like, I didn't know who he was, but when I'm praying now, it was the same God. Like he was always there. Do you know what I mean? Like he was always there waiting. I think always, um, of course. Yeah. Like it's just looking, you know, in hindsight, um, Jesus was always there the whole time. Like I was never meant to, to carry on like that and be left in the dark. Yeah. Yeah. So when you got baptized, I did, I got baptized, um, that year, I believe it was, maybe it was about six months. No, I was still at the church. So it was, it was soon after I realized that baptism was very important as an adult. I don't know if I was baptized as a child. Maybe my, I don't know if my, my mom might've got me baptized. I don't know if it was just something they did with babies in the eighties. Um, but uh, as an adult, it was very important. Biblically, it's very important. Yeah. Um, so I was baptized. Um, Do you have any kind of experience when you were baptized? Did you feel anything leave you or did you have anything like that? Or I, it was like my, I remember going down into the water and the water, I had my eyes closed, but I saw the water in front of my face. It was like thousands of little bubbles all around my face. And it was like my memory was not erased, but like replaced. I don't really know how to explain that. It was like all of my, um, thoughts and everything. (laughs) Like it was just, yeah, it wasn't, it didn't take away who I was, but it was like, this is a new chance. Like it's a new thought process. If that makes sense. Born again. Yeah. 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 True definition. That's so good. That's so powerful. It is. Yeah. That's awesome. But you know, it's not, the, the the thing that that I want to stress too is is some people like we were talking about this earlier. It's it's um I was talking about this with Heather. People when I tell them my story, my situation, it's not like you can just end all of that the the spiritual ties and the behavior and the occult stuff. It doesn't just stop. You know, I've accepted Jesus. He's my Lord and Savior. I love God. I love Jesus. He saved my life. But this, the repercussions of what I was exposed to as a child and the, the spiritual activity that I um, behaved, that I was um, part of, it doesn't just go away. And that's the, that's the part that I think a lot of people don't understand when you're getting involved in little things, you know, if you buy tarot cards, if you go and have a reading done or something, you know, all of those things stay with you and it takes a while, especially if you were born into something like that, especially if it it's generational for people. And a lot of people, including myself, I'm not going to say that I haven't been discouraged. I'm, I'm constantly questioning myself all the time. You know, I, I've, and within my journey, like four years, there have been times where I have gone back to occult practices. There have been times when, you know, I've, I've questioned God or been angry or, or confused and, and, um, you know, it's not, it's not easy, but God pulls me back. You know, he says like, once you're in my hand, that's it. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, and they can, they can permanently be broken in time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we look at the disciples, 
the journey that they went on Mm -hmm. before they were completely free and really understood the authority and the power that they carried of Christ in them, the hope of glory. Yeah. 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 And it can be done. It's just, you have to, it's, it's not an easy, I mean, if you didn't, you've got family life and you have work and you have all this stuff going on in life and it's easy to kind of slip spiritually. But for me, like if I, if I, if I slip a little bit or I let it go a little bit, then I'm, I felt like I'm just right back to where I started. But the difference is that I know who Jesus is yeah. and I know who has the power. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Now it's just diving deeper into knowing yeah. who you are in yeah. him. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, have you, have you had conversations with people mm-hmm. or people close to you? Yes. From, from your old life. Mm-hmm. Have you shared this story with them? Yep. What, what's been the, what's I been the outcome about, of that? I, I mean, I think I went for about a year and a half of, um, <laughs> posting every single biblical quote I could put <laughs> on Facebook. Um, so I kind of weeded out the, the people that didn't want to be around me at that point, but the ones that did say that I, that I know are still, um, practicing and, um, not, not necessarily even Satanists, but, um, witches, you know, witchcraft, things of that nature. Um, they'll come to me for advice. I have something in my house. I have some, my kids can't sleep at night. What's going on? And I'll say, well, what are you doing? Like, what's your, what are you doing at home? What are you, you know, to explain to me what your, your life looks like at home. Well, you know, I still have my altar up and I do this and I do that. Okay. Well then that's why, because you don't want to hear about Jesus. You just want to, you want me to burn some sage or something, <laughs> like, I don't know, you know, sage doesn't make them go away. Jesus does. So I've tried to, you know, voice my opinion without being too pushy because I've learned that only God can change your heart. And and I'm a perfect example of that because like I was totally set in my ways. I was totally happy to live the rest of my life the way that I was. I was comfortable. I was making money people. I had, I had risen up to a high uh, position of, of, um, spiritual knowledge and, and, you know, the people would come to me for things and, and it felt powerful and it felt, you know, I thought I was like the smartest spiritual person in the world. It's very humbling to find out that you're not Mm. right. It's hard to let that go. So I try to talk to people because people listen to me, but then sometimes, you know, like I've had friends say, you know, you're too far, you're, you're, you're too far down the rabbit hole and you're, you know, you're with the, the Jesus freaks and (laughs) that kind of stuff. That's okay. Yeah. I am a a good place to be. That's right. It is a good place to be. Yeah. Yeah. And in the good, in the bad times, you know, the, the good times totally outweigh the bad times because the bad is not, it's not relevant. Like, you know what I mean? Like Jesus is so much more than any of the bad stuff that I have to deal with. I'll take it every day because when, when I was in his, I was in his presence and it's not something that you can even, it's a feel it's home, your home. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's wild. So how are things, how are things now with, with, the, with your kids and at your house and stuff like that? I think, um, you know, with the recent things that we've been seeing in the church and religion, I had a hard six months for being honest, like just really confused, really, you know, um, I try not to question God because I know that that can be dangerous. 
I try to accept that I can't understand everything. Yeah. You know, sometimes the answer is that there is no answer and that he knows what's going on. And that's the, this, that's the answer, (laughs) you know, we'll find out in time. Um, so I've had to realize recently that Jesus isn't religion. Jesus is life and, um, love and like just every, you don't need anything else. So you know, it's a constant process in terms of how things are at home. It's a constant battle. It really is. You know, I, I'm, I regret, I don't want to say regret because then I wouldn't be where, where I am. I wouldn't have the story to tell, but I wish that, you know, I had have known, or I would have had somebody tell me sooner the, the repercussions of, of, um, some of the things weren't my fault. You know, I couldn't, my dad was sick, you know, he was a sick man. I don't, and so I couldn't, I didn't have control about being put into those kind of things. That wasn't my fault. But growing up, I I wish that I would have had somebody tell me sooner because I feel like my life would have been differently. But then again, that's not how God wanted it to be. I I feel the same way sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Is your dad, is your dad around still? My dad is alive, but he's very unwell. And I believe that I'm surprised he's still alive actually. Um, but he's not well. He doesn't live a, a happy life. He's he's alone. You know, I don't go over there. It's like, it's not a good situation. Mm. So thankfully my mom is, is uh, and my sister, uh, my aunts, they're Christian. So it's easy to talk to. I have a close relationship with my, with my mom and my aunt. And my mom reads the Bible every night. And so we can, and she asked me questions about it too, which is really cool to have someone ask you questions about Jesus instead of, you know, a cult things. It's really cool to share that. Yeah. So, yeah, but it's a struggle. Like it's not, it's like anything else, you know, it's like, it's compare, like maybe comparable like to addiction or something like that. You know, when you, when you struggle constantly, you know that you feel better when you're sober, but then you slip and you have mistakes, right? That's how I feel my spiritual life is. Well, there's, there's freedom. There's freedom coming your way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's definitely freedom coming your way. And I can just looking at you, I can see him using you in a very powerful way to reach people where most of the population don't know how to reach or even strike up a conversation. Right. Yeah. And you know, maybe that's why God let you live this such a long way Mm -hmm. because you can't relate to someone unless you've lived in the shoes that they're wearing. Right. Yeah. Um, if, if you could, uh, if you could talk to, how can I phrase this? If you could talk to some Christians right now, or if you could give some advice to some Christians who are, um, playing around with mm-hmm. occult stuff, cause this, this new age stuff mm-hmm. has kind of in, on one side of the coin been a separate thing, right? but it's become very, very normalized. Right. It's become very accepted. Yeah. It's almost, if you if you speak against it, it's almost like you're being religious, which right. we know right. it's religion is not even a thing with Jesus or whatever. Right. So if, if you could share, if, if you knew some Christians who came up and said, Hey, I've been thinking about doing this new age stuff, whether it's Reiki or whatever, right? what, what would you, what would you say to them with your experiences? Well, actually one of the, one of the, <laughs> first kind of disturbing things that I noticed when I, when I became a Christian, you know, I would drive by some churches and they would advertise, uh, yoga in the church, seated yoga. Um, 
you know, a lot of people think that it's just stretching. Um, as somebody who practiced dark magic, I wouldn't even do yoga. You're, you're inviting, um, things into your energy field, into your, into your body, into your soul that you don't know what they are. It's not just stretching. And, and the historically yoga was created to, um, to pray to different gods and to, to manipulate your body into certain positions where you can feel their energy force to, to ascend to higher spiritual levels. So, you know, it's not just stretching. Reiki is, um, also something that uh is really dangerous if you don't you know i mean when i say if you don't know what you're doing nobody has any power over what they're doing even if they're the most um you know if they've been doing it for 30 40 years they don't have any power of what you're you're putting into people or what you're putting into yourself reiki is not just the transference of energy energy transferring you know like healing and stuff like that we i believe that that's a gift from god that we have but when you're praying and you know reiki you're you're making hand symbols over top of people and you're praying to um you know a man that's died (laughs) just to give you power, you know, to heal that person. I've seen like a lot of Reiki teachers get sick. Um, a lot of people get sick after they've had it done. You know, it takes some, you know, five or six sessions of, of it to, to apparently do anything. And, um, you just don't know what you're dealing with, what you're letting into your force field. It's not good. I wouldn't do it. Even when I was practicing, even when I was, fully in the occult. I would never let anybody do that to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Can you just, thank you very much for coming and sharing your story. You're welcome. Can you just sum up in your words, what God's done to your heart? You'd make me cry again. So <laughs> I'd like to end it. Um, I have a peace inside of me because I know where my soul belongs. So it doesn't matter what happens. It doesn't matter if I make a mistake or if I slip or if I, if I backslide in my spirituality, I know that he's there all the time, all the time. And that's a piece that I've never ever had before. And you knew he was always there. Always. He was always there. (sighs) (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Thanks, Christine. Thank you for having me. Appreciate you sharing your story. Thank you for giving me the opportunity. Bless you. Bless you. Friends, that's a powerful, powerful story about things that are going on in our communities that we may or may not be aware of and things that we may dabble in And it can be a very scary experience. But what's really powerful is how Jesus is not part of religion. And for someone who grew up not knowing anything about him, not knowing anything at all, in the scariest, in the scariest moment, calls his name calls his name for peace 
because we're created in his image and for his purpose and his glory. Call out to him and be free. Be blessed.